0: From KQED. Welcome to Cued Up Storytelling with Heart. KQED's storytelling podcast takes a single story and dives deep. And today we're starting an exploration into the lives of some young people who are trying to make it in the face of an obstacle so big, so overwhelming that it can threaten to derail everything. What's it like to be homeless? while trying to finish college. It's about how others see us, and ultimately, how we come to see ourselves. I'm Sandhya Dirks, and here's KQED reporter Laura Clivens.
1: I'm eye-level with Brittany Jones' pink, strappy sandals. for in this massive storage facility in West Oakland, and she's standing on this rolling metal staircase.
2: I mean, I'm gonna open my storage
1: She's leaning into her storage locker,
2: Okay, now this is the part where I have to take. My, it's really messy. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's top storage.
1: Brittany's wearing jeans and a gray tank top. She has wavy black hair and it falls just beyond her shoulders.
2: Okay, so I gotta turn my flashlight on my phone so I can look into it because I usually climb up in there. But <laughs> so now. Brittany
1: has style. If out. I passed her on the street, I would not confuse her with someone who sleeps outside. And I would not think her home base is a storage locker. Brittany's rummaging through piles of clothes and garbage bags of toiletries. She finally finds it. It's her most prized possession. An old photo.
2: This is like really old. It's my mom and me. It's really oh. old. Oh my gosh, you so cute. <laughs> it's really old. She was, yeah.
1: Both Brittany's parents died when she was a child, and this photo is the only physical evidence that she has of them. She keeps it in a clear plastic bag. The bottom edge is brown and it's damaged, and that's from age and from water and from being dragged from place to place.
2: Uh, I just know, like, she was next to me and then I was, like, in some basket. jet braids, and um, I think she did it herself. She was good with that.
1: When this photo was taken, Brittany's mom was just a teenager. She's sitting next to baby Brittany, smiling broadly, and they're both wearing matching pink and blue. Do you look at those regularly?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like when I see, like, pictures I have never seen them before of my mom, so it's like, oh, okay. Sometimes her friends have, like, post a random picture, like, oh, here's another picture I found. So I love that.
1: Brittany didn't get this photo until years later. I didn't,
2: have, I didn't have photos of my mom or her dad.
1: Her dad was shot and killed when she was just a baby, and Brittany's mom, she lived a few more years until she died, too. And Brittany thinks that was from a drug overdose, but she's never gotten the full story. So Brittany's written her own version of the story of her parents. And in this version, they live on. Like her father.
2: I haven't really met my father, so I really don't know too much. But I just feel like I kind of make it in my mind that I know he's very proud of me. I know that he would be very proud of me.
1: She even talks about them in the present tense.
2: Yeah, I know my mom, so she's my rock. I love her. I love both my parents, literally. But it's just... I know that they fell for me. You can feel
1: this. After her parents died, Brittany spent the rest of her childhood moving between different types of homes. She lived with foster families, five of them. And at one point she tried living with her grandma, but they fought too much. So when she turned 19, she aged out of the foster system. That was five years ago. There's a lot of ways young people become homeless. One common path is the one that Brittany's walked, which is through the foster care system. Brittany's last permanent bed was in a group home, but she says she lost that spot when she had a boyfriend over, against the rules. That was a year ago. Now she spends most of her time dealing with being homeless. It's all-consuming. Doing laundry at friends' houses, showering in churches or shelters, napping at the storage facility.
2: Sometimes. It varies in the storage, like if my storage is clean, I would like really get in the storage and we'd be like, crash, but not typically.
1: Day after day, Brittany wonders where she'll sleep at night. That question takes up a lot of her mental energy. It's there with her every day, like a buzz that she can't silence until she finds a spot. And then when she wakes up the next morning, there it is again.
2: So I take like a pair of clothes that I'm gonna change into, a pair of underclothes, And I usually bring, like, my laundry detergent with me in case I'm, you know, because I like to, I'm on the go. So everything is on the
1: go. (laughs) There are a few moments when she can actually stop.
2: Like the weekend, I was indoors all weekend, so that was really cool. I got to sleep and take a shower, so that was so cool. So that's, that was nice. So my my friend's house, of course, I know that's, like, safe and everything, but I don't like to use up all my resources too much. I just like to, like, I'll, like, go there when I really, really, really need to go there. I don't know.
1: I don't like handouts, so
2: I don't know. <laughs> probably, I'm probably a little stubborn, maybe. Probably.
1: <laughs> why do you think you don't like handouts? Like, why do you think that because, that bugs you so much?
2: Because that's like a way of people feeling sorry for me, and I don't. Need, I don't like people feeling sorry for me, because just because I'm this in the situation doesn't mean that I'm not. Like, I'm not capable of.
1: Brittany knows how to wait out the night she will ride the 24-hour San Francisco buses or hole up in a fast food restaurant that never closes. She tries not to fall asleep. She doesn't want her stuff to get stolen and she doesn't want to get attacked. Once she spent the entire night on a pier in San Francisco.
2: I guess the bridge changed colors now, like the the Bay Bridge. Oh yeah. I didn't notice that, so I got to see stuff that I I don't normally see, so that was like beauty. Beauty in like, basically like in a situation you can like, like in a horrible situation, you can see like the beauty in it.
1: This is typical Brittany. No matter how bad the circumstance, she points out what's good. It's her way of talking to herself, her way of surviving. When life is rough, she says, "It's cool" or "It's okay." Like when I ask what she eats for dinner,
2: dinner. Um, I'll probably go somewhere fast if I don't like if I don't have food already or like a, a cup of noodle. I will just like. Yeah, I'll just, ugh, just see wherever I'm at. Then I'll try to see what's what I could afford or something. But if I don't eat, like, I'm not tripping because, like, I'm okay. As long as I have, like, some tea or something hot, I'm okay.
1: Or how long it's been since she's had her own bed.
2: So from January until, like, now I haven't had my own bed. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay.
1: It's okay. I'm okay. It's like a reflex. No,
2: it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's worse, so...
1: West Oakland juts into San Francisco Bay, bordered by loading docks and freeways. Under an overpass, there are some tents and shopping carts. So when you walk by tents like we just did, Mm -hmm. technically, you could say, oh, they're homeless, oh, I'm homeless. Yeah. But do you feel like, how does that feel?
2: It's just different, because like, um, I mean, I I don't know if there's a certain look that homelessness is, or you know. What you would see on the streets is you would see Usually, I'm dirty people. When you see me, I don't know. People don't really understand. Like, well, it's the way you carry yourself. And it's like, I don't want to look it. So I don't feel like just because I'm homeless that I have to look apart, look the part.
1: The BART trains that crisscross the San Francisco Bay don't start running until 4 a.m. If Brittany's been awake all night, she'll catch the first train and let herself doze off until the morning crowds jolt her awake. Are you totally out or are you like sort of awake?
2: Um, it depends. Like I probably won't wake up until I either have to use the restroom or just like if I'm here and stuff.
1: Brittany's final destination two days a week is a college campus. Her college campus. And as strange as being a homeless college student sounds, Brittany's not alone. Federal student aid forms ask students to check a box if they're homeless, and across the country, out of millions of college students, more than 56,000 have checked it. That number is likely low because a lot of them are hiding it, like Brittany. At community colleges, these numbers are starker. 14% of all students are estimated to be homeless. Brittany's barely slept, and she's exhausted but she's safe here.
2: Basically my school is like my comfort zone.
1: Before class, she stops by the cafeteria and gets a banana and a bottle of juice. She has a stipend there.
2: Yeah, I eat breakfast at school, so here. Having that meal plan is like really, really a blessing. So that's good. They cook um, eggs, bacon, French toast, or waffles. I love getting tea, so I'm always getting tea. That's my thing, I love tea.
1: (laughs) Brittany arrives a few minutes late to her 11 a.m. English class. She is worried that her clothes may smell, so she sits in the back. She slides into a chair. The teacher begins a discussion about the Black Panthers.
2: To start off and share about the platform, may I have three volunteers who who will share about the platform? What are your thoughts? May I get three volunteers?
1: She's ashamed of the mistakes that led her here, 24 years old in entry level classes, and ashamed of how close she's come to actually crossing over. That thin, invisible line that separates her from other homeless. The real homeless. The ones that sleep in tents under bridges. That's another reason why she's committed to finishing school. It's her third time trying.
2: Reality, like In reality, like stuff wasn't going right, so I would go to school, I took a class, and then I was just like, okay, I'm going to school for me, just to do this. I didn't really have, like, a career plan with it. I just wanted to go to class just to learn more. Yesterday, I didn't go to school because I had a dentist appointment, which was kind of a bummer. But tomorrow, I'll have a job interview, so it's like I have to miss class, too, because it's the same time as school. This is, like, hard decisions. It's like, I need a job, and I need to go to school.
1: But she barely has time to take care of herself. She needs to see a doctor... She has hyperthyroidism. She should be taking medication for it, but right now she just can't handle another appointment or trip to the pharmacy. She's just so tired.
2: It's just, like, uh, stressful. But I just know, that I just got to keep going. Like, this is a grind. <laughs> this is my grind.
1: She's on a few wait lists for subsidized housing, and she has a backup plan that she made with another homeless friend.
2: Because if I don't find a housing soon, and, like, I need somewhere to sleep, like, probably inside, I'll, I think we're thinking about investing in a tent.
1: It would be a last resort, but she's considering it.
2: I mean, but we will only sleep on the beach, though. We won't go, like.
1: She can't even say it. She won't go, like, into an encampment or under a bridge. <laughs> what are you gonna do when you have your own bed again? Ooh, sleep. <laughs> sleep, sleep, sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Britney's story aired on KQED in December. She let people know she was homeless in a very public way. That set in motion a chain of events that changed her reality.
2: We're in. <laughs> I have keys. <laughs> oh my God, I don't even know how to explain it in words. I'm just like super happy. <laughs> I can't stop smiling.
1: Brittany got an apartment. One listener set up a fundraising website and 33 people gave money.
2: I was just like, wow. I'm so mad they're anonymous because I can't thank them, but I'm so happy and I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, whoever you are. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) And a family from Oakland offered to pay the rent on an apartment for Brittany for at least a year.
2: I cried. I was just like shocked and like
1: super blessed. Like I felt so blessed. She moved out of her storage locker.
2: And it was just like, well, I'm letting it go. It was like I was breaking away from something. That's where I was always at the most. I felt safe there because that was, that was my little home, my storage unit. But I think I'll be fine. I think I'm going to go with something. Something's going to happen from this. So it was just like I graduated from, <laughs> from my <laughs> storage.
1: <laughs> In her new apartment, Brittany sat with a friend on the floor putting together furniture. Then she threw herself on the bed. She stayed there for a very long time. I visit Brittany in Oakland in January, a month after she moved in. It's the start of a new year. Hey Brittany, it's Laura. She greets me at the door wearing sweats and slippers. We're at the kitchen.
2: Um, I have a table. I guess my dining room area, <laughs> the living room, um, a couch. Um, I have rugs and
1: um. It's a relief to Brittany that her story's out in the world, but she's uncomfortable in the spotlight. Now she's the girl who escaped the streets. The girl who made
0: it.
2: I don't know. It's just like a little nervous because I'm like on some type of pedestal and I have to like really like be per- not perfect, but like I have to like live up to that. But I'm not, I'm human. So I have flaws and I'm not perfect. And it's. I still have a lot more to learn.
1: Like how to manage this new apartment of hers.
2: Okay, here's one. For so it was a budget worksheet. So you two lease.
1: Like a lot of people who grow up in foster care, Brittany has gaps in her knowledge about everyday things that other 24 year olds seem to just know. I
2: put $200, I gotta save that. Food, I try to, like, I'm gonna do like 200 That's my budget.
1: Are we talking monthly or what? Yeah, this is gonna be
2: like, so I'm trying, I'm just learning some type of structure. Stuff that I know, cause like living in foster care, like, you live with someone, so people are doing stuff for you. But then now I'm on my own, so now I have to do those things on my own.
1: Things like scheduling visits to the doctor. Brittany's on her thyroid medication again. She's gained back some weight she lost in the last year of moving from place to place.
2: I've been to the doctor recently and I've been making appointments. I'm like, wow, you're being very mature. Like you're actually an adult. You're doing adult things. I'm acknowledging the fact that I do need help and stuff. I'm proud of myself that I'm actually taking advantage of this stuff. I'm actually realizing like the stuff that I didn't see before. So yeah could give myself a pat on the back.
1: This apartment is why she can do that. Oh, my
2: God. I'm so attached to it. I don't even want to leave. I never leave. I leave, but I, I try not to leave. I try to stay in the house as long as I can.
1: What do you think about instead of where you're going to stay now?
2: Now I'm just like, okay, um... Now I'm just like, did I leave the oven on? <laughs> did I leave the lights on? So now that's what I'm just thinking, like, oh my God, is this on? Did I did I still, did I blow out the candle? Like, what's going on?
1: And do you feel like you have more ability to think about like your life plan, like mm-hmm. your future mm-hmm. school stuff? Yeah. Like now I can get to know myself,
2: like really get to know me.
1: One thing she's getting to know about herself is that she loves studying. Teenage Brittany didn't even want to go to college, and before, when she tried and dropped out, she was too overwhelmed worrying about housing to ever really sink into being a student. But the past few months, that's been shifting.
2: At first, I would only take one class a semester. Now I'm going to give myself a bigger load and see if I can handle this. You know, now that you don't have to worry about where you're going to sleep at night, now you can like, you can go to school. You can like, you know, focus everything on school.
1: Before, when friends asked her to go out, she would say no. But on New Year's Eve, she put on makeup and a cute outfit and she went out dancing. She's saying yes. This is
2: a new year, so it feels like just it feels good. Now I have like new, different insights on the world. Like, I'm just like, this is a new year, this is a new me, I have to do new things. <laughs> I'm just like taking it in and I'm happy. Like, this is how you start a new year. Like, this is how you start a new year. Like, for real. <laughs>
1: In early May, I meet up with Brittany at Laney College. We walk to the edge of campus to a spot Brittany loves—a green lawn overlooking a tidal creek.
2: So, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, feeling good. I have just been exhausted. The school works in the semester. Finals
1: are approaching. There are other stresses too. Now that she has a fixed address, she gets mail—and not the good kind. These are letters about debt. In 2011, Brittany took out a loan when she was at her first community college.
2: It was my first time ever taking a loan. I don't even know why I took out a loan. I think I was just like, was it I saw a friend do it, so I was like, let me take out a loan. I didn't even know anything about loans, so I took one out. I got the free money. Didn't even think nothing of it. Forgot about it.
1: But loans don't forget. Neither do old traffic tickets or overdue library fees. She had a lot of those too. So the donations from 33 people, which totaled more than $5,000, that money is nearly gone. There are still big questions about the future. How long will it take to finish school? Will the degree be all Brittany hopes for? What about housing? Brittany isn't actually sure how long the family from Oakland is planning to pay her rent. Is it hard to ask them that question?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. I don't know how to say it hey, how long am I gonna be in this apartment for? <laughs> um, I mean, we check in regularly, but that question is just like so hard to ask. So I'm like, H- how do I ask? Cause then I feel like if, if, I, if I know some negative, if I hear something like negative, like, I don't know, maybe just till the December, then I'll get back in that mode. Like, dang, am I gonna be homeless again? And another, you know, like end of the year, will I be homeless again?
1: When you looked at yourself in the mirror then, mm-hmm. what did you see then six months ago?
2: Um, I saw my childhood, like, you know, being that I don't want to cry. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I looked at myself in the mirror then. I didn't like what I saw, you know, looking back at myself. I felt like a, some, a lost girl, a lost little girl. Like, I hated myself sometimes for being in that situation, for being in those sh- my shoes I was in. Because, I mean, my parents were gone, and I felt like, I just felt like people kind of thought, like, well, we knew you were gonna be like this. Like this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be my life. Like was this just? Was this it? I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like um, like I should have been like happy. Like I didn't deserve to be happy because I'm like I've had housing and I I lost it because of myself. You know, dumb actions or whatever, dumb things, circumstances, and like you were only there because of yourself. So I felt like I was the only one that can blame myself. So I just felt like
1: I didn't even didn't even care anymore. So now, when you look at yourself in the mirror, what is what do you see?
0: Um,
2: I see I see myself. I don't know. I see my own beauty sometimes that I didn't see before. I don't have red eyes anymore. Puffy eyes—they're clear. Um, Why are they puffy? Because you're sleepy. I was so sleepy. Crying? I was crying. I was so I had so many different emotions, and I just didn't feel like myself. I didn't look like myself. I was losing so much weight, just you know, not being there, like. I don't know, like, I was just, like, I was fading away or something. So now I feel like I'm whole again. Like, I feel pure now. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel, I feel human now. I feel, I feel like Brittany now.
1: Later in the day, at Brittany's apartment, I see she's put up a new decoration. The only one on the whole wall. It's a photo. It hangs right above the couch where Brittany spends most of her waking hours. It's that weathered print of baby Brittany and her mom. No longer wrapped in plastic, now framed and in glass.
0: Thanks to KQED reporter Laura Clivens, who brought us Brittany's story, a place of her own. Next up on Cued Up, we'll meet James, a mercurial young man who says he's trying to start a new life in a shelter, going back to school. Like people just generally don't like when you think about like homelessness. Uh, like, uh, you're homeless. Uh, boy. Putting an extra
2: effort into my appearance could really deceive a person.
0: In James's case, appearances can be very deceiving. Young people struggling with homelessness, grappling to find their identity when they don't have a home. Cued Up is edited and sound designed by me. I'm Sandhya Dirks. Editing also came from Carrie Feibel and Victoria Malone. Special thanks to Brittany Josea Small, Mercedes Lazama, and Shanina Schumate, who helped with the piece. Cued Up's senior editor is Julia McAvoy. The executive producers are Holly Kernan and Ethan Lindsay. And you can subscribe to Cued Up wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the stories we are telling, like us and rate us on iTunes. It can make a huge difference in people finding us.